Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us here. Holton Aylers gives ECU the best chance to win a game. Mike Houston, the Houston huddle. He said that today also during the press conference. We'll have some cuts for you in today's Pirate Report. Panthers uh, will not lose a draft pick. They cut, as Ben Byram noted, the Pringles can guy, the kicker. <laughs> And uh, made some other moves. Uh, and Zay Jones, how about that? Big spotlight there, first Monday night game of the year. And uh, Zay Jones, the game-winning pass in overtime. Uh, we say hello to uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, who's producing today's uh, show, where we'll have the Houston huddle for you coming up in our next segment. Uh, ref, how's it going? Everything well? Everything's good. A little disappointed with the uh, ECU performance Saturday, but at least my Panthers uh, got me back in a good mood on Sunday. They got a win. You were at the game, right? That is correct. So the Panthers made a move today, huh? Yeah, they cut, uh, as I called him, Cheech, but like you said, Ben called him the Pringles guy, and I think that was even a better <laughs> assessment than my Cheech Marin. I, Look, I, I he, like Ben's. Ben got a rise out of um, Zoki on that yesterday. That I heard fun. that. I was listening on the way home, and uh, I heard that. Yeah. That was pretty funny. So, look, you know this because you were there and you follow this. And, of course, Phillip's one of the three hosts of our Panthers podcast that comes out uh, uh, each and every uh, Thursday on The Prowl, which is a great podcast on the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you guys, I've noted it, and you saw it. When you have a 50-yard field goal and you punt instead from the the plus 33, that tells you a lot. Yeah, you know? for sure. Oh, yeah. That t- that tells you exactly. I mean, look, a 50-yard field goal is a 50-yard field goal, but an NF- a competent NFL kicker at least ought to give you a shot to make a 50-yarder, right? You would think. I mean, he made one over 50 in the preseason, so there's obviously been some accuracy issues they saw in practice. It was not a matter of leg strength because we know he can kick that far. Right. He got off the plane and did it, basically, in the preseason. So, uh, who, who? What's the name of the guy? I, I forget it off. The, I know he played for the Browns and Cardinals, and, and lost them many a game. Uh, but uh, who's who did they sign in his place? Oh, I haven't seen that. I've been. I was too busy doing other stuff. I didn't know I was like. No, let anybody. me check that out. I did. I, I, I thought you'd uh, seen that there. Stand by. I will tell you in a minute uh, here. Uh, Bobby B. Zane Gonzalez. That's right, Zane Gonzalez, who is uh, a former uh, Brownie and also a former uh, Redbird. Um, no Jake Verity there, interestingly enough. No, I, I mean, still think I still think Verity's going to make a roster this year. He will, but the reason I think that they went with Gonzalez over Verity is Gonzalez has played in this league. I mean, yeah, he's probably lost some teams some games, but he's won some teams some games as well. And you, with kicker, it's a very mental position. You want a guy who's mentally been there, done that. Um, but I do believe Zay is got to be in the top five now for next, next man up for sure. And this Verity. is not the last – or sorry, yeah, Verity. And this yeah. is not the uh, – last uh, kicker that will be cut. 
Yeah. No, no, not the last and uh, far from it, in fact. Hey, uh, you mentioned Zay Jones, and, and I'm, I am going to get a break in early in the show here. I, I've been jamming up the guys uh, here lately, so we're going to get a break in earlier than we normally do to go ahead and get that first break out of the way because, you know, we've got a ton of advertisers that we've got to service this year uh, that, that are paying this time of year to be in the show and be part of our coverage and all that, so we, we've got to get to them. Uh, but Zay Jones last night, just his second catch of the game, but it's the 31-yard winner in, in overtime on Monday Night Football, and the Raiders end up uh, winning over uh, Baltimore. Uh, a couple of things there. One, um, good for Zay Jones. He was wide open. I don't know how he got that wide open, but he was wide open. And uh, this is what – do we have the Derek Carr? We do, and Derek will Somebody? explain here the answer to that question as to okay. why he was so open. All right, there we go. This is Derek Carr, uh, Raiders quarterback, who had the game-winning touchdown pass, but it was Zay Jones, the winner in overtime by the Raiders last night. That's right. Beautiful thing about that is there was an audible that Coach told me, hey, if, during the week, if we ever get this look, get ready for this play. And Zay Jones was in. Zay Jones, since he got to our team, every time I asked someone to throw, he's there at 6 a.m. Every time. He's never missed one. So to see him come up with a game-winner like that, Every t- last two times we've been Monday night, he has two touchdowns. I hope everyone in the world roots for Zay Jones because he works harder than anybody on our team. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you couldn't be happier for Zay Jones. You know, Zay had that unfortunate off-the-field incident. And he just, it seemed like he never could get going in Buffalo. But to, to see him rewarded for putting in that kind of work, and look, if we're all judged at our worst moment, and, and I mean, I know I've been, unfortunately, uh, as a younger man, had plenty of bad moments, and, and they just, some people are always going to judge you by your worst moments. It's just the way it is, uh, and you just got to live with it. But if we judged everybody by their worst moment, you would be truly uh, unable to, 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 I mean, it's just such a thing to overcome, such an albatross to get from around your neck. and. And the fact that he's put in the work, he's the he's there early. He, he just works harder than anybody. I mean, you just heard it there, Derek Carr. And I always kind of – I don't really have an NFL team. You know, I certainly want the Panthers to do well. Um, and and I, I kind of like the Raiders a little bit, you know. I've always kind of liked the Raiders a, a tad. I like them now that they're in Vegas especially. I think that's cool. But, you know, I, I just don't really have a team that I root for in the NFL. I just – I like NFL football and I like watching – the games on Sunday, and despite the fact that we're wrapped up in football uh, this time of year, 24-7, and, and pirate football especially, uh, you know, if I watch games on Sunday or watch the red zone on Sunday, that's kind of relaxing to me. Kind of turn turn your brain off a little bit and just, you know, go around the horn, as it were. But if I don't watch any games on Sunday, it's not the end of the world. But, uh, no, I, I've kind of always have uh, enjoyed the Raiders from afar and uh, kind of root for him secretly from afar. I'm surprised you're not a Skins fan growing up in this area. I mean, isn't all Eastern no, North Carolina back in your day yeah, held to the Redskins? Yeah, there was. I just, you know, I was never a big NFL fan until really the last few years. Uh, just wasn't a big deal. My dad was a Cardinals fan because he, you know, grew up a little bit around St. Louis. And, uh, you know, he was a fan of the football Cardinals. They were never on TV. I mean, you got to keep in mind, Philip. Despite my youthful appearance, I'm an old dude. Well, back and, in your day, that's who was on TV was the Skins. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, so you you know, we didn't get a chance to watch a lot of 
football Cardinal games because they were not on TV. You're right. The Skins were, the Cowboys were, or uh, whoever was. Seems like we got a lot of Pittsburgh games, if I remember, as well. My granddad was a Steelers fan before he was a Panthers fan. Mr. PK still kicking at 93. And, you know, so I I just, uh, I don't know. I just never, I never got an NFL team. I was a Celtics fan and a Hornets fan growing up, uh, but never was just a big fan of, um, you know, of that. Cubs fan, obviously, but it just, just never found an NFL team. But I'm, I'm glad that the Raiders won, and I think it's exciting that they won. Uh, you know, Ben kind of was saying that was going to be a bit of a snoozer. Did you watch any of the uh, – But I was, it'll be a great game. Did you watch any of the Eli Manning, uh, Peyton Manning stuff? Yeah, I did, and I enjoyed it. I think for someone who is a football fan, who's been around football, who knows football, it was really good. If I was someone new, you know, if I was an eight-year-old child or I was someone trying to get into football, it definitely been way over my head. You have to have basic football knowledge to have understood what they were talking about, but I found it very interesting. By the way, the always anonymous text line says, uh, you ain't that damn old yet, brother. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Trust me. No, I, but but no, I feel great. But I, I, you know, we're just we're all look. It beats the alternative. But um, I'll tell you this. I don't. Um, I I I I enjoyed it. Peyton Manning. I see now why everybody wanted Peyton Manning on television. Because he he kind of has that uh, that that quality about him, that Romo quality about him. You know that he could kind of pick apart what's going on on the screen in front of him. Eli, as great a person as I have always been led to believe Eli Manning is, he's just terrible talking. He sounds like he's got a mouthful of marbles. He's just not a real – Peyton's a star. Do you know what I mean, Philip? Yeah, well, like, I mean, Eli grew he, up with Cooper and Peyton, his older brothers. I don't think yeah. he could get a word in edgewise, so that's not entirely his fault. But, no, I agree yeah. that uh, Peyton is definitely very Romo-like, and that's the reason that he called the plays, especially when he got to Denver. Those OC oh, didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, it was just so cool to, to watch Peyton dissect a game and talk about it and, like, get upset about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there were times he was he was getting on Lamar Jackson's case when I was watching it. I, I, that's a novel concept. I could see why they don't uh, do that each week. The other thing I do like about it is, uh, or the other thing I, I saw today that I think they ought to do, they ought to try to put the thing on uh, when, when uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss play. They ought to let those guys break that down. That like would be funny. Feed. God, and and throw great. Archie on there with him because Archie played at uh, Ole Miss as well. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I think you got to start doing a lot of things like that. That's the thing that would attract certain fans and, and uh, to a degree, uh, Fairweather fans or casual fans, as they say. Um, uh, let's play this Warren Saber thing real quick. Now, I guess Warren was asked about Holton's performance today, uh, which, I mean, wasn't good. And uh, has not been there. It's been very inconsistent. you got to have a consistent quarterback in that operation. But this is uh, Warren Sabo, and he says this, and he kind of says it with, uh, like Ringo Starr said here, peace and love. Let me get the peace and love real quick here, Ref. Peace uh, and love. Peace and love. Warren Sabo saying this with peace and love, which is what you say before you insult somebody. Play this little snippet from Warren Sabo. I'm my brother's keeper. I'm going to keep them guys up. Uh, 
you know, I really we really can't listen to people outside the building. What do they really know? I mean, you know, uh, some people might know a lot about ball. Some may know nothing. You know, it's just all critics. With peace and love, you know nothing. <laughs> That's what he's saying there. And so we tweeted it out. It's got, I mean, hell, even Coach Houston liked it. I, I, we got to get a break in here, and I totally get what he's saying. But I'll tell you this. And, and I mean, I, I'm big on this. That's your customer. And it's bad to form this us against them mentality and include your customer in it because they vote with their checkbook. And the customer's not real happy right now with the product. What do we know in retail or at any kind of service industry, Philip? Customer's always right. Even when they're not. So, I, look, I can see where that has and will rub people the wrong way. And I get what he's saying. You don't want to hear the noise. But it is uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to ask Coach Houston what's up with, with Holton's performance here in a few minutes. So we'll get to that. Uh, let's go ahead and get a break in, and we will come back. More of our pet with peace and love, he says. Some people don't know anything. Uh, and there's just noise. That, that was good to me. Little Ringo Star, peace and love. All right, we will uh, break. We will come back, and uh, we will have our Houston huddle for uh, Medical uh, medical Wise Pharmacy. And uh, also we're going to have for you uh, our pirate report later on for many of our great sponsors. So a break, and we will return. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? It's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup. It's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. Houston Huddle, Mike Houston with us. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Sure thing. Good to be back with you. Obviously, there's been a lot said since the uh, tough pill to swallow for Pirate Nation. On Saturday, the 2017 loss to South Carolina. We'll move on to Marshall here. A lot to talk about with the Thundering Herd, but I did want to get some final thoughts uh, from Saturday's game from you, Coach. You've obviously take, uh, taken a look at the film, taken a look at the tape. Let's get your assessment. Well, I think first, it's you know, great to have Pirate Nation back uh, back in our stadium. I mean, uh, just it was an electric atmosphere. Um, you know, the kids, the recruits, I mean, everybody fed off of it. I mean, it was just a a great game day setting and, you know, to have a, uh, a program, the caliber of South Carolina, uh, you know, the SEC team coming into our stadium, you know, made it a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty exciting opener. So, uh, you know, it was, it was just a great, uh, college, college game day Saturday. And, you know, I thought the kids, they played extremely hard. I thought, uh, you know, we played great physicality and competed at an extremely high level. Uh, and, you know, for most of the day, controlled the game and, you know, really, you know, had our chances there to, you know, uh, to put South Carolina away and, you know, they battled back and, you know, it's, there's a re- <laughs> there's a reason those kids are in the SEC. I mean, I, I'll tell you, the size and athleticism, you know, of their fronts and their, you know, their stand-up players on both sides of the ball was really impressive. And, uh, you know, our kids went toe-to-toe with them and, you know, it just didn't go our way in the end. And we certainly had our chances. And uh, that's the that's the tough thing is, you know, having a chance to knock off an SEC team at home in the opener, uh, you know, would have been extremely special for our program and our players. And you know, we're very disappointed that we didn't, uh, you know, didn't get it done. Uh, but uh, you know, 
just, you know, excited about the next game and, uh, you know, our focus is completely on to Marshall. Mike, with that said, uh, Blake Harrell's defense, and a lot of this too, I think they really fed off the energy inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, but that defense, uh, by and large, was really, really uh, spectacular on Saturday. They just played their hearts out. I thought we played really well. I mean, I, I thought we were very physical up front with, uh, you know, a much bigger uh, group. Um, I thought our, our linebackers and safeties really played, uh, you know, very aggressively in the run game. Uh, I thought we did a great job in the secondary with the way we attacked uh, the receivers. Um, you know, they made, you know, they made some plays, but, you know, if that's going to happen when you're playing, you know, athletes of that caliber. Uh, but overall, I just really, I love the energy and passion and, and the way we played together. And it's, it's what, you know, it's what I wanted to, you know, build when, when we first got here. And it's, it's great to see it, you know, coming together on that side of the ball. You know, it was really impressive. Uh, Jeremy Lewis, there's someone who just came off a really uh, great offseason, made the uh, transition from uh, the offensive side to the defensive side of the ball, played so well, was a real difference maker and a playmaker. He also uh, got a couple of turnovers. Jeremy Lewis, uh, one of his, right. his better performances, I would think, Coach, in your mind. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he forced two fumbles, um, you know, had a, a, you know, an altered throw, uh, and uh, I thought really played uh, played very hard. And, you know, he, he was battling some injury stuff uh, throughout the week. You know, it wasn't anything serious, but, you know, we wondered how many how many snaps he'd be able to play. So, you know, he got great production out of, uh, you know, out of 40 snaps. Coach, uh, there was also a little bit of uh, uh, some issues with uh, C.J. Johnson. Speaking of local kids, he was able to play, but had been battling some things in practice. Uh, what's the status of C.J. And, uh, and, and as far as how the Pirates got out health-wise out of the weekend? Uh, C.J.'s full speed. You know, he was full speed by the weekend. He just, you know, wasn't able to practice much last week. So uh, it's good good that he'll be able to get a full week of practice in because uh, I think, he, you know, he really needs that going into each ball game. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know, some kids need the reps, some kids can, uh, function without having him. He, you know, he needs that, the, you know, those, those snaps and that timing with Holton. So, um, we came out pretty good. Uh, so, uh, you know, should be, um, at about the same, uh, you know, level as far as, uh, help going into this ball game as we were last week. The play to start the game in Tyler Sneed and, uh, Tyler threw the football like he'd been playing quarterback his his whole life. I think that just speaks to uh, just his athleticism. And, I, I, you know, I'm sure he, he really had focused in and honed in on what he was going to do on that play. But, I mean, he looked very natural doing it. He's He's been a receiver his whole life. But you just – you can't – if, if any coach in the country had uh, 22 twi- Tyler Sneeds out there at a time, uh, they'd be very fortunate. No, there's no doubt. You know, I'm a – huge Tyler Sneed fan and uh you know he was uh you know he was very bothered about the way he played against Appalachian State and uh, he and I talked about it the next day and he was very motivated to go out and play you know more his style of game and I'm I'm not talking about that first play as much as I am the rest of the game uh because I thought he played really really well on Saturday but you know obviously that first play was a dynamic play it's it's something we've worked a lot so he's made that throw you know many times uh but you know the yeah, I thought he'd overthrown him at first, but, you know, Josiah right. Hatfield did a great job tracking the ball down. You know, Josiah really executed the play perfectly. And he, uh, and he, ran, easy... and he ran away from oh, some speedy guys. No doubt. <laughs> and that's not a, that is not an easy catch to make and then to be able to convert it to a touchdown. It wasn't just, you know, a big play. I mean, it was a dynamic, explosive 
scoring play. So, uh, you know, great play by those two guys, well-designed play to start the game. Uh, and it, it, it just ignited the stadium, which, uh, you know, that's, that's why I, I just, you know, God, I wish, I wish we could have, you know, been able to be able to put them away. So, uh, you know, just great way to start the game. No, really, a really a clever way to get a 12 noon, big electric crowd into it with that play. And the fact that it converted into a score, uh, that, that energy really sustained itself after that for much of the day. In fact, the entire game, I, I think you could say, um, what, what at what point in the week did you all decide? All right, that's that's the play we're going to go with off the bat. I know you script things out, but at what point do you decide yeah. that's that's where we're going to go this week? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I stressed our offensive staff. I wanted them to be aggressive, um, and so you know, latter half of the week, you know, they you know came to me suggesting it, and so I was all for it. You know, it's like I said, it's you know, we ran that play at JMU. Uh, mm-hmm. Scored on it multiple times there, so mm-hmm. it's it's one that we've had in our arsenal for a long time, um, you know. And it, it'll it'll cause people to be a little, you know, a, a little hesitant on some of our uh, perimeter stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's something we were all on board to start the game with, and it's a little bit of you know you're taking a little bit of a risk. It could be a it, it could be a play that goes the other way now. So, uh, but uh, you know, great execution by our guys. Uh, so you know, turned out really well. Pirate coach Mike Houston uh, with us with us here. Uh, Coach, certainly, I'm sure um, you're aware. I mean, there's a lot of uh, concern from fans, from some elements of the fan base over the way that that Holton Aylers has been playing. And and Holton has come out after both games and said, and basically acknowledged he's not playing his best football right now. Uh, Is he putting a little little bit too much pressure on himself? Are there some things physically he's not doing? Do you think it's mental at this point? I mean, I I know you said he put you in some positions to win the football game, but... I'm, I'm, and I'm just talking beyond, you know, statistics here. It's easy to look at statistics and, and be critical yeah. from the stands. No, but, I mean, but just yeah, overall, the, what are you the, seeing right now? Well, I mean, I think Holton did a lot of good things. Uh, you know, certainly he um, has the ability to do some really good things. And, and, and for me, it's just a, a few decisions. Uh, and it's it's things that he knows. And so he's just got to, you know, make sure that, you know, he does, uh, you know, he's disciplined with his decision-making, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, because it's uh, you know that's, that's the difference in winning and losing those close games, you know when the when you have the football and that's uh, you know that's why the quarterback position is so important because they're going to have the football every snap, uh, and so you got to have uh, you know a real good decision maker there. Just one more thing about uh, well a couple more things about the uh, the South Carolina game uh, offensive line I thought played a lot better. What did you see on film? Played much better. Uh, I thought played very physical. Uh, I thought played together very well, especially in the run game. I thought played better in pass protection. Mm-hmm. I think there's some things we can do better uh, because that's one thing. I mean, it's you know, you, 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 everybody questions Holden, but now we got to we got to make sure that we're protecting him. We got to catch the football. You know, there were we had some drops on Saturday. Uh, we gave up some pressures on Saturday. Now we were playing really good players, uh, but it's a cumulative thing. I mean, it's that's a team deal, and it's not. It's not one person; it's a team deal, and so we all we all have to do better. We all have to play better, uh, and when we do, then you know the results are better. Yeah, he he did have some drops, uh, particularly the tight end position. I, kind of interesting. You went with some different mixes with kind of two tights or, or a couple additional guys. And was that just to kind of combat what uh, South Carolina presented up front, or, or is that some more that we'll probably see throughout the rest of the season? Well, I mean, I think you go each week with. Um, you know, the kids that are doing a great job during practice. And so you try to get your best players on the field. 
And, uh, you know, we have four tight ends that are all four different. Uh, they all four played. Uh, you know, we can get really, really big. We can get really small. We can have a combination of big and small. We can have one tight end. We can have two tight ends. We can have three tight ends. We have no tight ends. It's just trying to get, you know, get the right kids on the field in the right situations, getting the, you know, getting the guys that uh, have the ability to make plays, getting them the ball in space. Um, that's why, you know, you say you have, you know, like six drops on the day. I mean, that's six opportunities to have the ball in space. Uh, and that's significant. Yeah. So we've got to do a better job converting whenever we have those opportunities. Well, the defense played well, but they were also aided. John Young flipped the field numerous times. Uh, and, and, you know, we had a splendid game in the opener. I think he was even better last Saturday. I do too. I mean, I think he's having a great start to the season and the combination of our, of our defense and, and, and the job that John was doing in the punting game, you know, really, you know, kept us in, in control of the game for most of the day. We've got Mike Houston with us. Let's turn our attention to Marshall. They're 2-0, and uh, really uh, just a shellac Navy in the opening game, and then uh, handled after a little bit of a slow start, a very game North Carolina Central team, 44-10. to uh, 10. Uh, Central's got a pretty good ball club, uh, as we saw in week zero, uh, and they went up there and played Marshall tough for a lot of the game. But uh, know that their coach, Charles Huff, probably uh, just reading some of his comments after the game, thought that his team could execute a, a little bit better despite the fact that they won fairly comfortably. Uh, what's the overall scout on Marshall before we start jumping in on uh, some aspects of the Thundering Herd? Well, I mean, you know, Doc Holliday did a great job there for over a decade. And, uh, you know, they're a seven-win team from a year ago that was in the top 15 in the country. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's a program that was, is very healthy, um, you know, older, uh, experienced players, juniors and seniors on both sides of the ball, a very, very talented young quarterback. It's a third year kid, uh, local, local player from up there in West Virginia that had a great year last year. He was the, he was the newcomer of the year in conference USA. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a very talented roster that, uh, coach Huff has, uh, inherited, uh, and they started off. Uh, you know, on fire this year. You know, I think, you know, the, the offense coordinator was with uh, Coach Holiday's staff. Uh, and, you know, Tim Cramsey has done a, a great job using the strengths uh, in, his, in his personnel to be, you know, very dynamic offensively. Um, and, uh, you know, so they're playing very, very well. I thought that they played just extremely well against the Navy and really dominated that game. You know, I thought they dominated last week also, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I see exactly what Coach Huff is, is talking about. Just, uh, you know, you know, playing a, 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 an opponent that was not quite as strong. And so um, still, you know, one-handedly, uh, you know, it's a team that's averaging 46 points a game. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenging test on the road this weekend. They have, uh, as you sort of discussed there, obviously a lot of great pieces back. Grant Wells as their uh, quarterback three uh, touchdown strikes uh, for the herd in, in their opening game. When you look at, or, or last week, excuse me, in the opening half, when you look at uh, Grant Wells, what about him stands out to you? Good size, good athlete, uh, runs well. Um, you know, they do a good job with, you know, using him in his own read game to keep you honest. Um, has a very strong arm, very quick release. I mean, he can really rip it. And it's uh, so, you know, he, he puts the ball uh, in tight windows because of his arm strength uh, and accuracy. And so, and he's got talented guys he's throwing to. 
They also can run the ball. I, I don't think anybody's going to have uh, the quality depth at running back that uh, that South Carolina has that you're going to face on the roster. I mean, there's still some great running backs that you'll be uh, matched up against, uh, ECU will, uh, from here on out. But uh, the Thundering Herd, if, if they can, they certainly want to run the football. Well, they had they had 700 yards of offense last week against North Carolina Central. Yeah. So they had uh, you know had 243 on the ground and and the rest uh, passing. So you know they can do both. Uh, you know they they've they've always been a strong uh, running team under uh, the previous coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know the the offensive line and the running backs are built for that. Um, you know with the young talented quarterback and the talented receivers. You know, they have, you know, the ability to throw the ball very well this year. So it really makes it a, uh, a very challenging offense to defend. Yeah. Coach, uh, defensively, they've got a couple of guys, uh, EJ Jackson, uh, the uh, youngster Neil, uh, who've uh, just been all over the field for him early in the year, uh, and some other guys as well. This is a defense that uh, seems like they're flying to the football pretty well right now. They are. You know, big athletic front. Um, linebackers like – uh, Neil and, and the secondary like Jackson, that, you know, they all run very well. Uh, Stephen Gilmore is a, a player that I know well from mm-hmm. South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, having a great season uh, so far. So it's just a, it's a very athletic, uh, play really hard, very physical bunch. Um, you know, it's a very solid football team. We're talking uh, ECU football, Coach Mike Houston. Uh, Coach, uh, forgive me for not knowing this off the top of my head. Have you been to Marshall at any point in uh, your career? I coach. have not. Okay. So, uh, be my first trip. Uh, got a lot of coaches that have been there many, many times. And so, um, you know, we're preparing for a very hostile environment. We're preparing for, a, you know, a very vocal crowd. Uh, it's a six o'clock game. So they'll have all day to tailgate. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, you know, a challenging environment to play in as well. So our kids will be ready for that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be an exciting ball game. So, you know, we're excited to go up there and compete. Yeah, and uh, was uh, reading a little earlier this morning that uh, members of that 71 Young Thundering Herd team will be in town. Uh, it's all part of kind of a delayed year of the uh, remembrance of the 50th uh, anniversary of the plane crash, the uh, team returning from a game from ECU. So obviously there'll be a lot of emotion in the stadium, uh, as there always is whenever ECU and Marshall uh, square off, be it uh, there or be it here uh, in Greenville. Uh, Coach, some points of emphasis this week for uh, the Pirates as they head up to Marshall. Well, I think the challenge defensively is defending a uh, high-powered offense. You know, we've, we've got to continue to do a great job in the run game, but we've got to, we're going to have to defend a very good passing attack this week. So, you know, I think we've got to do a good job getting pressure on Wells. We can't allow him to be comfortable in the pocket. Uh, and we can't make, make sure we can't, uh, you know, let anybody get behind us in the secondary. So I think, you know, pressure on the quarterback in addition to slowing the run game down is going to be important. And Coach, I think, uh, yeah. you know, off- offensively we're going to have to do a better – better job of executing, continue to, you know, I thought we ran the ball better last week. We're going to have to continue to improve on that. And mm-hmm. we're going to have to, you know, make those plays in the passing game that are there to be made. So, um, you know, it's going to be a, a, a game that's going to take, you know, uh, us playing very well in all three phases, uh, you know, to, to be able to go up there and get a win. <clears throat> hey, Coach, I uh, do appreciate the time very much, and uh, best of luck against the Thundering Herd. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. Our coverage begins at 3 o'clock on Saturday with ECU and Marshall. It'll be our Pirate Game Day countdown, which is fueled by Bush Light.
In the meantime, the Houston Huddle is presented by HealthWise Pharmacy on Memorial Drive. They put your health first. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker. HealthWise Pharmacy. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Last night, week one in the NFL season concluded with the Raiders beating the Ravens in overtime after a touchdown pass was thrown from Derek Carr to ECU alum Zay Jones. Drake picked up the pressure all alone is Zay Jones, and he will prance into the end zone for the touchdown and the victory in overtime for the Raiders, and this celebration is for real. Also in the NFL, 49ers running back Raheem Mostert will miss the remainder of the season with a knee injury. The Panthers have cut kicker Ryan Santoso and signed kicker Zane Gonzalez. And former 49ers linebacker Paris Harrelson has passed away at the age of 37. Major League Baseball announced today that players from Puerto Rico will all be allowed to wear number 21 tomorrow in honor of Roberto Clemente. Longtime Brewers outfielder Ryan Braun has announced he will retire. And last night, the San Francisco Giants became the first team to clinch playoff berth in the 2021 season. In college football, Texas has announced that Casey Thompson will now be the starter, starting quarterback of the Longhorns, and Miami loses running back Don Chaney Jr. for the rest of the season with a knee injury. ECU women's golf started out the season with a third-place finish this week at Golf Week Fall Challenge. The team shot a combined 15 over in the three-day event. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. After this, the P-Man with a Pirate Report. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want more. Like, you really like it. You want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Brought to you today in part by Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, your one-stop destination for hunting, fishing, and boating supplies. Farm Bureau Insurance, they believe insurance is more than a product. It's a service. Local agents right here in your backyard. Time Financing, need money fast. Time Financing is your personal loan specialist. Time Financing. Two dozen locations in North Carolina. Will Clark Holmes, of course, they made that contribution this past weekend to Pirate Nation by purchasing the or by purchasing the entire upper deck for the South Carolina game to honor first responders in the military. Bill Clark Holmes, Pirates supporting Pirates, they personify it. And by Barbara Honda, uh, Barbara Hendrick Honda at the point of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. All right, uh, played it for you earlier. This is the entire cut. Warren Sable was asked uh, about the, uh, I guess, an evaluation about the South Carolina game, which was a, a bit of a, a question, I guess, morphed in the uh, play. Do I, do I have this right, Philip? That that's the that's the, the number one on the cut sheet is the one where he made the brothers kill. Well, that's actually later. Okay, so I, I I need to read here. Reading is fundamental, Philip. In case you didn't know, uh, Saba evaluating the South Carolina game for the Pirates. Um, I thought so. I thought we played good. Uh, we had a lot of energy. Uh, ran to the ball. We executed very well. Uh, it's just unfortunate that we didn't come up with the, the W at, at the end of the day. But uh, I thought the guys played well. Uh, morale still good. You know, everybody's uh, motivated and has positive uh, attitude towards Marshall. So uh, we got to get out there this week. Saba on the confidence of the Pirate locker room. Uh, confidence level, nothing's changed. I mean, you know, uh, 
Yeah, we're disappointed that we didn't get the win, but uh, you know, everybody, like I said, man, positive attitude towards Marshall. Uh, Got to keep it pushing. Can't, you know, hang our heads on last week. It's over with. Got to move on to the next. The Pirates have not been to Marshall to play a game since 2013, and uh, let me tell you, up in Huntington, that's a hostile environment at the Joan, Joan C. Edwards Stadium. Uh, Pirates, you know, played in hostile environments, but. Uh, that's a different animal up in Huntington. Uh, Warren Saber discussed that. For a guy like me, I like that. I like, you know, being in front of a lot of people. It just puts me in a in a in a place where I feel free, you know, to to play the game. Uh, I try to, uh, you know, keep guys motivated. Uh, you know, tell them how it's going to feel like, you know, uh, and mentally get them ready for the game. I mean, you know, some guys get prepared in different ways. So I just try to, you know, make sure I'm. I'm, I'm positive around people, so, you know, they feed off my energy going into the game. Look, um, this is, I mean, this is going to be, they're, they're, they had fans last year. I mean, App State went up there. Now, it wasn't a vintage App State team, but App State went up there and Marshall boat raced them in Huntington. You know, they started 7-0, and and what really did Doc Holliday in was the way they finished the season. And I think there was a little bit of, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. He'd been there 10 years. I think only one conference title. You know, but they won a lot. <laughs> a lot of programs would take seven, eight wins a year, right? Um, they've been accused of settling on it in Raleigh, in fact, at times. But I digress. Uh, you can talk about a hostile environment and liking it all you want. This is a hostile environment you're going. I mean, they're right on top of you, too. Uh, all right, this is uh, Saba. Uh, the, the Pirate program, certainly Saturday could have been a win that turns things around or a signature win in the Mike Houston era, uh, but you wind up with uh, a loss. And, you know, Warren Saba talked about trying to get the program, the ship turned, and it's tough to turn it. Once you get it turned, it, it should sail in the right direction, but getting it turned around is pretty tough. Cut four. Uh, I mean, it's important to us to, to get this program changed. I mean, we've been doing everything right. You know, we didn't complete, complete flip from when I got here. It's been a 180 with Coach Houston. So, I mean, we've been doing the right things. We've been putting in the work. We've been changing a lot of stuff. It's, it's time to, you know, get results from it. It's about keeping... Uh, the players kind of keeping everyone up. And this is where you get the comment about uh, Holton Ehlers uh, somewhat specifically here. So this is Warren Saber. I'm my brother's keeper. Man, I'm going to keep them guys up. Uh, you know, I really, we really can't listen to people outside the building. What do they really know? I mean, you know, uh, some people might know a lot about ball. Some may know nothing. You know, it's just all critics. Uh, just push that aside, man. We got to worry about Marshall. Really, Holden's my, you know, Holden's our quarterback, and I'm, I'm behind him 100%. And you expect him to say that. Now, Philip, you were there. You and Ben were there. I was not at the press conference today. So, specifically, this was about Holt Naylor's, correct, this question that led to that answer? The original question, right? yes, was yeah. what were he, okay. kind of his thoughts on Holden. And, look, I, I get that. I, You know, we, Terrence and I are friends. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of other former players. And I, and I get that mentality of, especially at the at the time of the place, you know, it's all the noise, you shut it out, that kind of thing. But I mean, here's the turn I'm seeing. And I mean, this is, this is a, this is a delicate thing. You know, there are more options 
to spend your money than ever. And you got a lot of people who have, I mean, it's, it's tough for a kid to, if, if you're a, if, if you're a family man and you know nothing about this ref, but I mean, I have lots of friends that are, you know, I mean, if you have kids to, to load up the old family truckster and go to a football game, this is just not in Greenville. This is anywhere. Um, it's a, it's an odyssey now. It's a day long odyssey. You know, if my dad and I go to a football game, we don't necessarily have to get there and do all the tailgating and, and set up the tents and, you know, we go to watch the game and, you know, you're, you're not having to contend with you're taking the family and the tickets are, you know, a hundred dollars or more for everybody to go. And you got to get there ahead of time. I mean, it's an eight or 10 hour commitment, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I grew up going to Panthers games and yeah, I mean, by the time you pack up the car tailgate, yeah. get home I mean, from the game and unpack the car, unpack the cooler, all that stuff. Yeah. It's at least yeah, I mean, if you're talking that it's a 12 hour commitment. Uh, there's other things you can spend. You can watch these games now very easily. Uh, TV presents, especially now with the way TV produces football games, even like this weekend, it's going to be a well-produced game, even though it's going to be on bloom and Facebook. But I mean, it'll be, you know, I was on a, uh, the game I did Saturday night was, it was for Cox cable systems across the country, but it also was for some streaming services, but it was a well-produced game. I mean, we had replay, we had graphics, we had, uh, like a, like a, a crew out of Charlotte working on the game that works for ESPN. I mean, it's, it was a, it was a slick telecast. So even in the streaming world now, you can get really competent, high level, uh, telecasts. And I, I, I'm just saying all this to saying I get what he's saying. You got to back your quarterback when you start saying, "Well, you don't know anything about football." People might not be able to break down a play for you, but they know what wins and losses are, right? They know what good play and what not such good play is. And I, I just look I credit the guy for sticking by his teammate. You don't expect him to throw him under the bus, but you've got to, you got to be understand it at some point. You know. If things keep going in the same direction and there's no adjustments made, people aren't going to shell out money for that, especially the way that Biden's taking this economy. People are not going to shell out money for that. Um, let's uh, – a couple cuts from Houston. I know we just talked to Coach today, but uh, this is from his press conference. We got time for this. This is his evaluation of uh, Holton Ehlers, cut nine. I mean, I, th- I think that uh, – I think I've, I've seen him make some really good throws. Um the frustrating thing is some of the throws that uh, he put on the money that uh, we didn't come up with a catch on Saturday. Um, I think I've seen some some situations where he just needs to have a little bit more disi- dis- discipline with his decision making. Um, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, Donnie points it out to him in film. Uh, so, but it's, you know, it's not everything, uh, you know, on him. I think, you know, it's the reality of the position is this. And I told him this when I got hired, you know, when things are going well, he's going to get a lot of the credit, uh, even when he doesn't deserve a lot of it. When things aren't going well, he's going to get a lot of the blame because he touches the ball every snap, and that's just part of being a quarterback. So, um, you know, he's he's motivated to play better. Uh, he's motivated to help lead us to victory. Uh, so I know that he'll get those things corrected. I said this yesterday, and I'll say this again. Saturday was not the game to put uh, Mason Garcia in unless you did it early or unless you did it because of injury. You can't put him in at the half. You can't put him in in the fourth quarter. You can't put him in midway a series, midway the quarter. 
And I'm not so sure you could start him this week. They're not, they're not going to. But, I mean, if, if Ehlers is inconsistent this week and you don't come out on the right end of this victory-wise, and even if you do, the Charleston Southern game might be a time that we might could see Mason Garcia, maybe not in a starting role, but we should see Mason Garcia in that game, in my opinion. So this is um, Coach Houston, who was asked today why we didn't see Mason Garcia in the game on Saturday. Well, I mean, I think that you have a, an experienced quarterback in a, a challenging game against a, uh, you know, a very talented uh, defense out there on the field. Um, you know, I think that obviously, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop Mason, uh, and there will be a day when he is the starting quarterback here, and, um, you know, there might be situations where he plays this year. Uh, but I just uh, I think you got to be careful with that because you want to make sure that you take advantage of every possession. And, uh, and I think that Holton right now gives us the best chance to win. So, I mean, again, you, I don't think you could throw him in against an SEC team based on especially what we saw last year as, as fans him in the Navy start. And he wasn't awful, but he just wasn't ready. They had no choice. Well, he, these coaches see him every day. And Mason Garcia didn't come from, I mean, the, the, the high school program Mason Garcia came from, the, they had a couple plays. Mason dropped back and throw, Mason run. I mean, that's, those were the, it wasn't as sophisticated a, see, a system as Ehlers came out of with, with Nate Connor over there at Conley. It was a good foundation for Holton to come out. Now, Holton is really inconsistent right now, and I think Ehlers would be the first person to admit that he's not playing his best football. But uh, he at least came out and was able to be more college-ready because of the system he played in where, you know, really in a lot of ways they've had to break down Garcia and build him back up, and that takes time. All right, uh, we'll break. We'll come back and wrap things up after uh, this timeout. Patrick Johnson's show as that concludes our Pirate Report. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Not a good day if you're a fan of uh, comedy. Norm McDonald died today. Apparently, he had uh, been battling cancer for much of the last decade, age 61. Funny as hell. Uh, love Norm back on SNL, the weekend update. He was awesome then. That was just my humor. My buddy and I, the Ebb, talked about it today. It was just so funny. And in 98, he gave this awesome ESPYs model. They, they had him host the ESPYs. I mean, the ESPYs just stink now. It's a it's a dull woke fest. But back when comedy was comedy, check out just Google Norm Macdonald ESPYs monologue and the closing joke of the monologue. If you don't laugh at that, I, I, I you don't have a pulse. You have no sense of humor. Uh, and you know Norm was just great. Just. Great guest on Letterman, great guest on Conan O'Brien, and just funny, funny, funny. Yeah, you know, like the place, like the gamble, you know, like golf and gambling on golf before that became a thing. Uh, just great, great stuff. Uh, thanks to Coach Houston for the Houston Huddle today. Uh, Brian Mull slated to join us. Keith Morehouse later in the week uh, from Marshall does uh, TV up there, and then 
Uh, I think we're going to get uh, Conley's coach, Nate Connor, on later on in the week as well. Uh, talk to them about their final non-conference game before they start conference play. They might even talk to him a little bit about Holton Ehlers. Uh, great job by the ref. Thanks to Philip Pilkington. And we will be back tomorrow at 5 for a fresh Patrick Johnson show, the Houston Huddle podcast, available 943thegame.com.